Hey everyone, I'm JR, and this is one of Mike's mini history lessons. During the Revolutionary War, the British toted their naval superiority, and rightly so. They were the top navy in the world at the time. The Continental Navy, on the other hand, was basically made up of converted merchant ships that everyone, both British and colonials, believed stood no chance. But try telling that to John Paul Jones, the father of the U.S. Navy. This Scottish-born seaman was as handsome as he was bold and even more crazy. Born simply John Paul in Arbingland, Scotland, on July 6, 1747, John quickly realized that his calling was not with his father, John Paul Sr., as a gardener, but rather at sea. And at the age of 13, John Paul Jr., earned an apprenticeship with the British Merchant Marines. His seafaring adventures would eventually take him to America, and like many other sailors before him, Jones became involved in the slave trade. However, the realities of human trafficking repulsed him, and so he returned to shipping inanimate cargo. In 1773, Jones murdered a mutinous sailor on the island of Tobago in self-defense. Jones, believing he wouldn't receive a fair trial, fled to America, and it's there he added the last name Jones to conceal his identity. Luckily for Jones, the American colonies were too busy stoking the flames of war with the British to have noticed his past, and when the American Revolution broke out in 1775, John Paul Jones, after seeing the treatment of his homeland, of the slaves, and now the colonies, began to view the crown as monstrous. And so, John Paul Jones sided with the colonies and joined the new Continental Navy. As captain of the USS Providence, John began attacking British ships off the American coastline with great skill and temerity. He expanded his operations, sailing to Nova Scotia and capturing multiple British vessels. Now, the American Revolution is often considered a defensive war, since just about all of the fighting took place on American soil and waters, with the exception, of course, of John Paul Jones, who took the fight to the British Isles. He sailed to Ireland avoided British capture, stole a ship off the Irish coast, and brought it to the French. He then returned to the British Isles and continued attacking and raiding towns while avoiding capture. There is a common term for these tactics when you're fighting on land. It's called guerrilla warfare. But when you live on a boat and raid harbor towns, it's called being a pirate. And although John Paul Jones was a member of the Colonial Navy, he was basically a pirate. He once stole a British ship and brought it to the Netherlands. In the process, he lost his official flag during the battle, so he arrived without one. And at this time, sailing without a flag was the fastest way to get arrested as a pirate. Luckily, John came up with a new design with the Dutch, and his description of what the American flag should look like is not too far off from what we use today. Thirteen stars in three rows, four, five, and four, in the top left of the flag, with 13 horizontal stripes. Blue, red, white, red, white, blue, red, white, red, blue, white, blue, red. In 1779, Jones would partake in a battle that would tie him to history as one of the greatest naval commanders of the Revolutionary War. En route to raid British shipping vessels, Jones's ship, a man-of-war dubbed Bonhomme Richard, after Benjamin Franklin, whose Poor Richard's Almanac was published in France with the same name, came head-to-head -head with the more powerful English warship HMS Serapis off the North Sea. 
after three hours of relentless gunfire between the two vessels, Jones ordered the Bonhomme be slammed into the Serapis, strategically tying them together. When the British asked if Jones was ready to surrender, John Paul Jones responded with the words for which he is best known, I have not yet begun to fight. After one of Jones's naval officers tossed a grenade into the Serapis, causing severe damage, it was the British who ultimately surrendered. Jones's surprise victory against the better-equipped British naval ship had turned him into an international hero. After the war ended, the Continental Navy dissolved due to a lack of funds, but Jones's place was at sea, and so he set off for new adventures, briefly battling the Turks on behalf of Russia before temporarily settling in Paris as he made plans to return to America. While in Paris, Jones's health took a turn for the worse, and on July 18, 1792, he was found dead in his apartment at the age of 45. He was laid to rest in a French cemetery, but the plot of land was later sold and forgotten. Over 100 years would pass before the United States was able to recover Jones's remains with the help of French officials. After much research, his body was located and exhumed, and to the surprise of the French pathologists, Jones's body was excellently preserved. His initial autopsy concluded that the cause of his death was kidney failure, with later clinical studies believing his condition was exacerbated by a heart arrhythmia. The United States received Jones's remains and buried them in a tomb inside the chapel of the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. In 1991, the USS John Paul Jones was commissioned and is the latest battleship named in honor of Jones, because prior to that, three previous battleships were also named after him. And so... That is the lesson of a Scottish-born boy who yearned for the sea and became a man who helped change the tide of the Revolutionary War. Or at least that's the lesson you'd get if Mike was your history teacher. <laughs>